Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other. So you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. You can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Good morning. My name is Lily Lou Minkove. I'm the founder and partner of Artlogica Group, a boutique marketing and consulting firm for the retail, consumer, and luxury sectors. And today I'm interviewing Jen Parker, the Senior Vice President of Global Direct Sales for Peloton Interactive. It's so wonderful to talk to you today, Jen. Thank you, Lily, and hi, everybody. I'm very excited to be here and to talk about my journey. Jen, I am so excited to ask you about your career. You've had such an incredible run with amazing brands like Theory and Peloton. I'd love to hear about your background and where you went to school and more of the personal details first. Of course. So I'm a a New Yorker, a true New Yorker. My family is all in this greater New York area. I come from a very close family where my grandparents up until their passing really instilled the values of us being together. We you would see our grandparents once a week. My cousins and I would go and spend time with them every Sunday. We would do family dinners. My parents are a mile away. So I bring this up because you don't come across too many people in the New York area who have these true roots here and have been here for so long. And I'd like to talk about my family because I think that just shapes my journey and what I've done. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My mother's father and his brothers, they started their own food company with their parents back in the early 1900s and grew it into what it is today. And then on my father's side, my grandmother and her mother started a dress factory in the garment district of New York. And it's really where at an early age, I spent time in the factory sewing with all the Italian women there. How I learned how to sew was on those industrial singer machines. And for a while, early on, I thought that that's what I was going to do, go into fashion and fashion design. My parents also left New York for a little bit and moved our family for the summer up to Cape Cod. And then we ended up being on Cape Cod year round. So we were the ones that left our family in that true hub that we had here. It was a pivotal time for me because they left me, well, they took us away from what we had known in our family and challenged us to go into a new environment and start fresh and meet new people. And while we were doing that on Cape Cod, they, like the other entrepreneurs in my family, decided to open up a summer business that we ran for over 13 years. We ran a candy store, every child's dream, family business. But it was really then that it taught me early on what it takes and what you need to do, right? When you own your own business, you have to understand every aspect. There were three of us. I have two other siblings. So we had one complete shift where it was a four-hour shift that we would rotate out of. My siblings and I would work everything during the day-to-day operations for my parents. But at night, my dad would be building spreadsheets, tracking all of the income and all the expenses. And he would teach me early on how to track all of that. They would take us to food shows so we can decide what we want to carry. I wore the VM hat for a little bit and would paint the floors and sew whatever curtains we needed for the stores and worked on all the displays of how to set everything up. So I just give my family, my grandparents, and then my parents so much credit for shaping who I was very early on as a teenager and the work ethic that came from that. Oh, wow. I just love the learning at the young age and understanding how that entrepreneurial spirit and you know, anything from tactically sewing in the dress factory to doing visual merchandising and buying really kind of shaped your career. That's incredible. 
Yeah, and I think it was around that time where I started to understand that fashion and fashion design was probably not for me, although I consider myself very creative and artistic. I started understanding or trusting my gut that the business side of fashion was probably where I belonged. And so as much as I enjoyed my summers working for my parents, I realized that I should probably get a few internships and try different things before I had graduated from college just to make sure my next step was the right next step for me. I'm somebody who really trusts my gut and has that intuition to have the sense of what I need to be doing, but then also okay with taking the risk and trying something and the self-awareness I think that comes with it. I really, looking back on it, saw that in myself at a very young age for me to be able to say, okay, it's time to go test this out, see where I want to land and try something new through internships. And that led me to an internship with, at the time, it was Federated Merchandising Group. It was when Federated Department Stores was buying up a lot of the regional department stores. So before they became Macy's Merchandising Group, I got an internship at FMG. And that really, that internship that summer before my senior year did help shape my career and where I was going to land next. I was lucky to have a fantastic internship and that by, let's call it fall, winter of my senior year, an offer with FMG to join them full-time through a training program that summer after I graduated. And what was the first category you worked with? So when I joined FMG, what was great was it was still the true training program that a lot of those businesses had in those days. So you, you had exposure to so many different areas of the business. And then the different departments would give you a full-time offer. So you went into the training program say it was for six weeks to eight weeks. And so where I ended up landing was somewhere that I never thought I would work in. And it was intimate apparel and pajamas. You know, Lily, we've chatted in the past. And I think people really shape a lot of that, especially early on in your career when you work for incredible people. And I went into private label intimate apparel and I worked for some of the most incredible people to this day. I still keep in touch and, and drop in and say hi, or I'll run into them every so often. And they were just great mentors early on in my career. You know, I'm, I'm very much a roll up your sleeves, work hard person. And my personality just really matched with them that I think I just flourished. And they gave me the space to do my best work, which is just great to make sure that, and not everybody has that opportunity to make sure that you can go advocate for yourself and get that from your experiences. I definitely had that early on. And like I said, never thought I would end up in intimate apparel or pajamas. And I think it just allows people to kind of keep an open mind of, if you're not so fixated that you have to do a certain thing or you have to land there and you keep that open mind, those best experiences really come. Absolutely. I think being open-minded and really capturing the opportunity, which sounds like you did at Federated. So what promoted the, the transition into your next role? While I was there, I worked closely doing product development, but then also merchandising. And when you're in those areas of the business, you get a lot of great exposure. And to me, the exposure was to the buyers from all the regional department stores at the time. And I had that light bulb moment, that aha of, I don't think I want to be the one here telling these buyers the product lines and what to buy. I want to be the one making the decision. And again, that self-advocacy of understanding in your gut what you want and then advocating for yourself to make that the next move happen. And Raising your hand, I think, is always an important one. Staying curious, but raising your hand to advocate for yourself. And so I did that and leaned on those resources around me. And I made the jump from Federated to Bloomingdale's, which Bloomingdale's was part of that umbrella. But I knew Bloomingdale's is where I wanted to be. And it was during the heyday of contemporary 
and so maybe some of the listeners will remember this time and appreciate it. It's when denim was all the rage and seven had really just come out. T-shirts, we had a T-zone and a T-bar. It was Juicy Couture. It was a lot of the contemporary vendors who were just getting started, like DVF relaunching at the time. And I knew that excited me and it was where I wanted to be. And I was lucky enough to be able to interview and get a job with the contemporary team and an amazing DMM of Bloomingdale's at the time. I landed in her group and I loved it. I loved every moment of it, the challenges that came with it, the 7 a.m. rolling operating forecast that we would be doing on a Monday morning. Again, just really matched up with my energy, my work ethic, and the group I wanted to be in. And to be some part of something so fast-paced and new for Bloomingdale's and new for the business was really exciting and fun. I definitely remember those days. I think I actually still have one pair of seven jeans back in the day that actually are now back because now flares are, are back. So I was happy I saved them because they were one of my favorites. It's so true. It all comes back around, right? We have to make sure you preserve certain things in your closet. I still held up to all my DVF wrap dresses, especially to hand down to my girls. Oh, that's wonderful. So tell me about the transition to theory. Yeah. So while I was at Bloomingdale's, I went in as an assistant buyer. What was fantastic about the team then and under Frank Doroff was Frank, who ran all of women, the women's area, he made all his buyers become planners before he became a full buyer. And at the time, when you were part of that group, you would say, I just want to be a buyer. This is what I was meant to do. Why am I going into to planning and learning the financial side of the business? But Frank is a very smart leader and knew that going into planning made us stronger merchants and hands down. It opened up a new path to my career that really interested me. And I loved it. And I loved the financial side. I eventually then became a buyer, but had that experience still of buying and planning coming out of Bloomingdale. And so when I made the transition over to theory, it was really more of a personal shift. My daughter, I have three children. My daughter at the time was a year old and I just knew I needed a change. And I think it's important for anybody listening who is going through that time in your life where you're not sure if you can work the same intensity that you're working, but you want to keep yourself in the game and you want to stay a working parent or a working mother. You just have to trust your gut to say, okay, maybe I can still do this. It just might look a little different than what I've been doing. And so that was really my transition over to theory. There were a few people who I'd worked with at Bloomingdale's who had left. They were young mothers, kids around the same age as mine. And so I was lucky through the connections and the relationships I've built to be able to make the change over to theory. And Andrew Rosen is the godfather of contemporary. And if you're going to work in the contemporary space, he's definitely the person who has the biggest pulse on what's going on in, in contemporary fashion. Andrew was really amazing in promoting young mothers and letting us have that opportunity to find the balance we needed, but to use our brains and to really give it all to our jobs. And you know, that balance is never easy to find, but thanks to Andrew, I think he really helped a lot of us young mothers do it. So I made that transition from Bloomingdale's to theory in planning and worked in men's wholesale. And then from there made a change many times at theory. This was really that time in my career where I raised my hand with my curiosity to say, Hey, I think I want to try this or can I do this? Or I just see that nobody's doing this role. Can, can I take it on while doing my current job? And by doing that, it really led to this curvy career path that I advocate for and I love because I think it's fine to stay linear and if you're an expert at what you do for sure, but then there's just some of us who want to just try new things. And, and I just don't think anybody should stay afraid that you have to 
do one thing because you're the expert at it. It's okay to start fresh. It's okay to not know anything about something you're curious about, but to get the experience and try it because you just never know where it's going to lead to next. I'm a big believer in just stepping outside of your comfort zone, trying new things and believing in yourself. And that's definitely my time at Theory that it shows from going from wholesale planning to retail planning to vice president of full price stores to vice president of operations. I threw CRM in there because it was really a time when we were learning a lot about customers and their buying behaviors. And I just really obsessed with it and loved to just understand consumer behaviors, their shopping habits and what how we can get them to purchase more and stay loyal to a brand. And so you don't normally see operations in CRM together, right, Lily? But I was able to do it because it was filling a void. I think that nobody else was at the time. We were just really partnering with the marketing team at Theory who was just starting to get involved in it too. And I got to bring that store voice to the conversation. I love how you're kind of weaving together the story of the self-advocacy and raising your hand and saying, I will do the extra work if you give me the opportunity to do it with your curiosity and work ethic and kind of tying that together to really create a career for yourself. That is so admirable. And I think that is really amazing example for the listeners who are looking to shape their own careers and may not be as certain in what direction to go with one, trusting your gut, but also having the work ethic and courage to raise your hand. Yeah, and, and finding these brands that really work for you, I think are important too, because you wanna work for a brand and people, people are really important, who bring out the best in you and let you shine. And so really making sure that you, you find that is important in my opinion, and then to be able to advocate for yourself for sure. And being able to work with Andrew Rosen at Theory during such a rocket ship time for contemporary, what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned from working with him and in that experience? I mean, there's so many lessons from learning with him. Talk about the ultimate merchant and just so much wisdom. I think reflecting back on it because it's also a small company. I was there when it also got bought by Fast Retailing and Tadashi and I, so I saw the change. And what was great about Theory pre that time and having such a connection to Andrew and these intimate meetings where you can learn so much from him and what was coming out of his mind. Then also, the exposure to a bigger company like Fast Retailing, getting the opportunity to travel to Japan for different conferences, for the resources and, and working with different team members across those brands. The time overall, I think, was just, for me, what I didn't realize, the beginning of loving working with founders and somebody like Andrew with his mind and how it works and how he saw the space and how he saw customers and how he developed his brand to fit the needs, right? A niche that just wasn't being filled until he started. It got me just excited about founder energy. And when I left Theory, I don't think I realized this at the time, and I can of course reflect on it now, but when I left Theory, it was another time in my career where I just knew I needed a change and a challenge. You know, you can stay on the same career path, keep doing what you're doing and, and do it well, or you can say, I really love where I am, but I know I could be doing more and I have to challenge myself to get a little uncomfortable to really push forward. And that was that time for me around 2016, where I had done so much at Theory. I'd worked with incredible people. I had this incredible network of women who, like I said, were mothers around the same time I was, which really helped shape your career and helped keep you moving and going as you're working with women who are going through the same things as you are. And so having that network and that peer group was so important but I am very driven and I wanted more. And so I decided to leave 
without knowing where I was going to go next, which is very scary. But what it allowed me to do was to take some downtime to say, I don't think it's fashion what I want to do anymore. I think it's something else. What's funny is that Peloton was not on my radar when I made these choices for myself. But I was just researching a bunch of companies, founder-led companies, things that were happening in New York. And I happened to be on a website called The Muse, which lists and focuses spotlights on different companies. And I came across a VP of retail job. And I was reading the job description out loud to my husband. And he goes, you realize that this is exactly what you've been saying to me for all these weeks. Like, you're silly if you don't apply. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that push. And I applied to Peloton June of 2016, I think was the time frame. started having conversations with the CRO and by August I was working there. So just amazing that again, trust your gut, things happen. I think there was this balance between luck, but your own drive and the work that you put into finding where you're going to land next and the people that you're going to work for. And so that's what led me to really the rocket ship that was Peloton and is Peloton today that has really just shaped so much of my career. Those are such early days at Peloton. You must have been still one of the first employees in the retail area as they were building out their store. So what was that like? Yeah, I give the team there so much credit. They opened their first store in Short Hills and John, the founder and CEO up until last year, he realized that to spread the word about the brand and to get great awareness, there was something about being able to touch and see the product. And so, and it, because it's a considered purchase, especially when they first launched their first product, which is the bike, and then they came out with products after that, there's something about retail. And so it, it's just such a great D2C story early on about a brand who was very much web-driven first, but realizes the connection to customers through retail. And that's really where I came in, that they had realized the need for it, started opening up stores in the most efficient way, but they wanted to bring in somebody whose passion was really about retail, developing people, connecting with customers, mixing everything together. And so when I came in, there were about 12 stores. We had grown up until last year to about 150 global stores. So to take it from 12 to 150 was incredible to just see everything that the brand has gone through, Lily, that I know you could appreciate with brand recognition of people maybe hearing about Peloton and, you know, when I joined 2016 to then what it is today has been extraordinary to see. And so while my focus has really been primarily on the sales side, when you join a company and an early startup like that, you get exposure to everything. So to be able to work cross-functionally with marketing, with brand overall with the team that led everything about our members and, and understanding how to put our members first to finance the strategy, you know, you can name it and go on and on. The interesting thing about the brand is it's not one dimensional. It's not just a bike company. It's not just a retail company, right? There's so many different arms to it. It's a full on content play where we have two studios in New York and London with all the talent that we have that people show up to work out with every day. And so that part of it has just been so interesting to take that break from fashion, pivot to another sector of the business, but then be exposed to so many different areas. Absolutely. I am a pandemic Peloton convert, and I'm part of the, the official Peloton member page on social. And it is incredible how people just love the brand, how transformational and life-changing the products have been. And the community is so strong. And I see people 
posting that you know they traveled literally to London to visit the Peloton studio. And that was like their vacation destination. So that just speaks volume about what the brand has been able to accomplish. Yeah. And it's so nice, again, to make that pivot into a different product category, but also know that we are impacting and changing people's lives for the best is something that really brings so many of us such joy. We would have instructors come to our store openings and people would wait in line for two hours to meet their favorite instructor and take a picture with them and just say, thank you for changing my life. Or you were there for me during the hardest, darkest days. You didn't even know it, but you showed up for me every day through your classes and the things that you were able to do and how we reach our, our community. And that just makes it so meaningful. And so this journey, I think, has really brought out the best in me as a leader in what I've been able to build for the team, the people that I brought together and empowered. You know, it just really checks all the boxes for what it was, has done for my career. But funny enough, just a few weeks ago, the same kind of change came over me where I knew I needed to challenge myself again. And so I just recently stepped away from my role at Peloton, which was one of the hardest decisions because of the people and the brand for sure, but the people that I've been able to work for with and my own sales team globally to have to say goodbye to them. But, you know, I think you get to a point in your career, especially when you have some of the best teammates you, you know, have ever worked with to be able to say, it's time for them to shine. It's time for them to really rise, for me to step aside during when a time when, you know, we're all happy and things are going so well to say it's time for my next challenge, but also with my next challenge comes the promotion of people who are just going to be so super successful and let them, let them rise to the occasion. And so that's where I am today and just doing that soul searching of what's next, what brings me joy, what motivates and excites me in my career and going out and going after it. I love how you're thinking about your team and cultivating them and setting them up for the next stage in their careers. And this theme with you of being able to take that luxury of really stepping aside to think about what's next, because as you're in a role, sometimes it's impossible to actually think clearly about what might be the right opportunity. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, again, going back to believing in yourself, right, and trusting your gut and just going after things. It definitely comes over time to have that confidence and the little learnings that we're able to have during the different facets of our career really help shape that. But have that opportunity, especially with how hard we work, how much time we give to our job and careers, really being able to say, I want the most out of it. I want the most for myself. I plan on working for a really long time because it brings me joy and just making sure that what I I'm doing and where I'm spending my time really fills my bucket the most it can. And again, back to the working mom, part of it is there's never a perfect balance, in my opinion. Sometimes your career needs a little bit more. Sometimes your home life needs a little bit more. But to just sit back and, and to be able to say where and how do I need to show up today and be the best that I can be? Is that I need to be home a little bit more? Is it that I can give a little bit more to my career? I think it's important for everybody to remember. And I think the pandemic really has taught us a lot, right, about finding that balance and, and where we need to lean in and support our families or support our careers. Absolutely. Is there anything that you would do differently looking back at your career? I don't think so. I'm not one to ever dwell too much on the past. I'm more somebody that says, how does the past shape how my future needs to be? What are the learnings I want to take with me? How do I stay really honest with myself? 
and just making sure I take good learning forward. We're all going to make mistakes. We're going to take a wrong turn, right? But like, how does has everything from the past shape where we have to go is the optimist in me always. As you think about what's next, what are the criteria that you're using to evaluate? That's such a great question. No specific criteria yet other than having really great conversations with people. Will, you have such a great network and you've had so many good mentors in yours, so I'm sure you appreciate this and that you've probably done the same is I think having conversations with people who you really trust or you respect or you respect things that they've done in their career sometimes sparks what next could be and where it opens up. So it's more, I think, about just really staying open-minded. I, I didn't want to stay too fixated on this is what I have to do or the goals I have to achieve or I have to be doing this by the time I'm X. It's more of keeping a really open mind, leaning on that network around me, letting doors open, having great conversations. But probably the first and foremost is about this founder energy. I am somebody who really thrives on building brands with people. And the energy that founders have and the excitement that they have, how do I match that to help them really scale and grow great business? That feels like it's what's going to bring me the most joy in 2023. Well, I know that any founder that's lucky enough to have you as a partner will be in such great shape in terms of lending all the experience that you have had from your very beginning in entrepreneurship as a child with your family and really rolling up your sleeves to all of the amazing experience you've had in retail and outside of retail at Peloton. I've had such a great experience learning about you and have so much admiration for you as a mother, a leader who really cares about her people, but also that curiosity and that tenacity and hard work ethic are so many things that I admire. I'm so happy to have had a chance to talk to you about all of this. Thank you so much, Lily. This has been a great conversation and I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks so much for being here for the CoLab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecolab.com.